This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com How are you? Oh, I'm good. It's been a good week, hasn't it? Because we're all still riding the wave of uh, that result last weekend, aren't we? Yeah, tough to be too down after after what we got to see at the weekend and everything that the whole build-up actually produced something, which is, I feel, slightly strange. <laughs> yeah, they, they still tried to you know, go for a, a low blow with the selling of Louis Reed. We'll talk about that a little bit later. We are of course, hopelessly devoted to the press conference, but it would be remiss of us not to hop on and have a go on the managerial merry-go-round. So here we are, Joe. Uh, do you feel dizzy going round and round and round and round like this? I mean, it, it keeps spinning, it keeps on going. So you know, but before long, someone's going to have to stumble off and, fall, and throw up or something because they're <laughs> taking their time again. The the bookies were actually closed for over a week on the Swindon odds, but they have reopened the 19th of January. So let's see where we are in terms of pure speculation, because why not? So Gavin Gunning is top. He's the favourite at four to six. David Artel, the former crew manager, is at five to two. Paul Caddis is, and I think... You know, he's high up on the listings for the third calendar year in a row. He is at eight to one. Steve Morrison, the ex Cardiff manager, is at fourteen to one, probably courtesy of internet speculation. While former favourites Mark Bircham and Chris Hewton sit at twenty to one and twenty-five to one, respectively. And the rest 
aren't worth discussing. Richie Wellens taught us that. But there's no place in the bookies lists for rumoured names like Irish coach Stephen Rice and England under 20 coach Ian Foster. Joe, it's three weeks since ITK journalist Pete O'Rourke tweeted that Scott Lindsay was on his way. Is this a repeat of last summer? Well, I was kind of okay with it last summer because it didn't really impact things because it was, what, early June? When I think it was last week in May, maybe, that Ghana left and then we were sort of in limbo in a period of the season where it doesn't matter too much. But mid-season had to be... And, you know, Sandro had only just walked through the door halfway through the process as well. So, but mid-season, this is... I think almost already it's an unacceptable length and it isn't solved early next week. Then I think serious questions have to be asked to the decision making because not only do people on, who should be making the decision together say different things like Rob Angus and Sandro D. McKayley, but also these things just drag on too often. And, you know, first time around, you give them a pass, but obviously they might not have been expecting Scott Lindsay to leave, but they should already have some have had some ideas of people that they might want in the in the event that that happened and to be this slow of it is it's just really poor Mm, my kingdom for a depth chart of some sort within the club it's hard not to be a bit eye-rolly about this isn't it you know we're doing okay we've we've won the game that we've played in that time since scott lindsay's left and we've won it very well but it's it's more to it than just that, isn't it? It's not just well we've won we've won our game, so what's the big deal? And if we beat Walsall, what's the big deal? I think the stability at this time of season is is still needed. Yeah, I think in many ways they lucked into obviously that big win, but I think Gavin Gunning has taken this quite well so far. I was very impressed with him post match after after Grimsby, where he where he said that half time in a position West Winden, yeah. Well, one and up control the game against ten men. You can sort of lift, leave things. Be like, you know, this is this is fine. He said, yeah, we we saw that, and I thought we'll switch it up. We'll change to back three. We saw these things, and we decided to go and exploit them, and then they did. So I, I was very impressive with Gunning Gunning's acumen there. But I I don't think they should in any given that Gavin Gunning couldn't even take the job right now because he because he doesn't have the coaching badges, you know. That they can't be sitting on on him to do this for a while, and the fact that they got lucky isn't really an excuse. No, so at four to six, the bookmakers are literally laughing. Yeah, very much. If anyone's if anyone's put money on it, and some things that I'm sure we'll get to later on, will will possibly give other people cause to to do that. But Gavin Gunning isn't qualified enough to be able to do it, so. I, I don't know why he has odds at all, to be honest. Yeah, well, it's because people want to put money on it, isn't it? Um, which is funny. As a podcast, we have not declared allegiance to any candidate, and we won't definitively. We we enjoy the merry gra- merry go round just too much. We like we like discussing multiple people. But who are the ones that interest you the most? Well, it's it's kind of tough to say because there are so many people getting thrown around every different day. Uh, you know, obviously you said he's not on the odds, but supposedly Swindon um, get, you know, talking to the Irish FA about speaking to someone. So, you know, there's there's clearly some stuff in there. I've always felt that Artel seems to make a lot of sense in terms of him, you know, fitting the mould very nicely. All that. Um, I, I would be partial to, obviously, Liam Manning, but we don't. Obviously, now that he's not going to Portsmouth, maybe there's something there, but... 
that that still seems unlikely. Um, Ian Foster, I think yeah, former England managers have done pretty well so far. So I'm always on board with someone who's done that because the track record is is there from people who've come before him. But I think there are just so many names that seem to come around all the time. It's it's quite tough to get attached to one one person individually. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. The only thing that really worries me about David Artell is that I know he left Crewe when they were just about to get relegated, but he had plenty of stock, you know, almost 300 games managed for well, about 270-something, I think, for Crewe. It's been a year. I do wonder why he hasn't had an offer since he left in April 2022. Plenty of League Two teams would would take that sort of record. 100 wins, 51 draws, the rest losses for Crew. A lot of teams would take that. And he was very, very good. His crew side were very good the, the season that the pandemic shut the season down and gave Swindon the title. Yeah, I, I I found that strange for a little while, actually, where, you know, I, I don't know if his plan was to wait for the right option for a little while and then that didn't come along. But he was always someone who you thought, um, you kind of forget maybe, doesn't have a job. And it's quite surprising, given how how good he, how good, well he did with Crew from taking them, you know, from the foot of League Two right into League One and then for a year managing to survive and then the whole squad leaves. But... You know, it it is slightly strange that he hasn't. I I don't know what that means. I know there's suggestions he's maybe a bit prickly, so I don't know if he maybe doesn't interview too well. But it, it is odd that no one no one has taken a chance on him for whatever reason. Or oh, prickly could be fun in games with some of the players in this squad, and if you believe rumours, some of the staff in the background too. So I'm here for it. You've sold me. <laughs> We need drama, don't we, ultimately? I, I was sold by the word Gibraltar in his Wikipedia page, to be honest. Seven glorious caps. That's what we like to see. We get off the merry-go-round for a little bit and let's go to our bread and butter for this podcast, the press conference with Andrew Hawes of BBC of Radio Wiltshire, Johnny Leefield of The Advertiser and Joe Ace Acklam of Total Sports Swindon with Gavin Gunning. So... Final word, really, on Grimsby. Uh, you know, what did Gavin Gunning say about it? Yeah, he was. Um, he was. I mean, we we've heard it a lot that the place is always good from Scott Lindsay, but the place was particularly good. He actually said that maybe they were a bit down going into the game with all the stuff that was going on. They were on a bad run, and you know, the the place he described it as being buzzing for the last week with with all that's going on. He then went into a fairly sort of um, I don't know, it was Rus- maybe Russian dolls kind of explanation of we've got the young guys and the senior guys and the leaders and the leaders are leading the senior guys who are leading the young guys kind of thing where they were sort of all, all things just sort of maybe fall into place after such a, a big motivating win at the weekend so it all seems seems pretty happy on the on the frozen training pitches that they've been on this week and the most important thing here now is and I, I think I sort of alluded to this in in the in a previous podcast like great we won but now the key is to do something at Walsall too. Otherwise, we're just in that Lindsay yo-yo phase still, aren't we? Yeah, well, we we obviously saw the last time. I think you guys brought it up after the Grimsby game. We, we kind of felt similar after Mansfield. And then that turned into uh, something of a, you know, a nightmare afterwards. So 
this this one's got to be taken from this game into Warsaw, where no, we we played them a lot. We've got some great memories from that stadium over the last year or so. So Swindon have got to, have got to kick on in this game. Warsaw showed themselves to be pretty beatable against a Swindon side that weren't playing great on Boxing Day. So there's there's no reason to suggest we couldn't, but. It, you definitely can't let what happened last time you get that big result happen again because that would then show quite a big weakness mentally in the squad, maybe. Indeed. OK, I was unsure where to slide the the Louis Reed question in. Quite a disappointing conclusion to what was going to be a very promising Swindon career. That first season, magnificent, and then it just didn't go to plan this year. What did Gavin Gunning say about the Lou, Louis Reed transfer? Oh, I see Gunning came in in the summer, so he didn't get to see Reed in his pomp from last season. But he said, um, you know, from what he he's heard from people and what he'd seen in clips and stuff, Louis Reed was the best midfielder in the league last season. But it kind of soured this year. I he didn't didn't say why, but there was there was that obvious you know suggestion that something had gone wrong that caused his dip in form, which I don't think was severe as many people had made out. It wasn't like he was god-awful this season. He was just not as good as he was last season, where he was agreed. He was just breathtaking. You know, but he said that he he kind of got to the area where he just needed a fresh start. He needed to move on. Now, he he said that he's a really lovely guy and he wished him the best at Mansfield. Promotion rivals or playoff rivals Mansfield. I hope that doesn't come back to haunt us. Yeah, that's, that's the main part that I feel um, was straight. I think maybe Louis Reed wasn't going to get a League One move after how he played this year. Potentially that was that was more difficult. And Mansfield were the were the best suitors, but having Nigel Clough, who we'd played with at Sheffield United, but yeah, it it does feel strange to give such a you know top level player that we all know Reed was and can easily be again to a to a rival who needed that player because they just lost a midfielder themselves. Yeah, and we'll, we'll find out who's also found themselves back at Mansfield a little bit later. So how is Gavin Gunning doing at the moment? And all of these questions are understandably directed at Gunning. We know that Steve Mildenhall is co-interim head coach, but everything is directed at Gunning, which is, is a little bit unfair on, on Steve Mildenhall, especially when you see that Gunning's top of the uh, of the bookmakers lists. But... But how's he faring at the moment? Yeah, he did point that out at one point that he's, you know, it wasn't just him, it was the whole team behind him, but he's the public face of the Swindon, you know, um interim staff. So he's he's the one that's gonna get the questions. He's clearly he's the front of it. So he's he said that he was always had that kind of confidence in in being able to do what he's he's been asked to, to get a message across to the players and then sort of create the structure which which built the team into into going and taking Grimsby down like they did. So he's definitely always he said that. And he got in his catchphrase, which I I really liked, and uh, Johnny did as well, when he said that it's not the Gavin Gunning show. So last week was the Charlie Austin show, and now, or or it wasn't the Charlie Austin show, and this week is not the Gavin Gunning show. I'm excited if he does get, I, I assume at this point you will get Stevenage. So it'll be exciting to find out whose show it isn't at Stevenage. Joe Acklam is available for any future STFC TV gigs, um, as am I, <laughs> if Eddie's going. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they need anyone for to not to not have a show, I'm more than willing to step up. <laughs> um, we, we've discussed that things are a little bit up in the air at the moment, and 
for us fans, it's frustrating because we want a little bit of insight. But I imagine it's no different internally because CEOs and owners don't sort of sit around <laughs> the, the dressing room going, who do you reckon then, lads? So there's going to be a lot of limbo is the is the word, isn't it? What, what was discussed here? Yeah, I think Wakeling certainly talked about that later on. Browning said it, it doesn't really impact him at all. He's, you know, he he knows what he's doing and he's, you know, he every, every week he'll sort of start again. He'll, he'll build the team up to the point where they, they play their game and then he'll find out if whether or not he's doing that again when he's done with that. So he's, he's very much taking each game as it comes in a literal sense when he, he doesn't know which, what is around the next corner. But he's, you know, had his four eyes set on Warsaw all week. He's been creating that structure again that he feels can accentuate the, the weaknesses of the Warsaw side and limit what they can do Swindon and, and get ready for that game. So he's, you know, he's def- definitely not taking uh, no, m- much interest in, in the... Um, managerial search which we talked about last week that there's there's kind of no reason to tell him until everything's signed and done um but i think the biggest point when being talked about this because he was kind of pushed on you know if there was any chance that it could be him and his answer changed from a very definite no after grimsby and before grimsby but this week it was well you never know so hmm. it was and he was pushed on that twice by andrew hawes and each time is very much Sara. Which might be the reason that people are putting their £10 down on gunning. But I think that could simply just mean that if they're winning, then they'll look to keep the interim coaching staff in place for as long as they are allowed as set by the rules of the Football Association. Yeah, I, I kind of suggested this whilst we were waiting because there was a bit of delay that we could, we should kind of just do what Bournemouth didn't do, which is just sit with gunning <laughs> as an interim for as long as he's doing well. And then just never appoint a manager because for I think believe Andrew said it was three months that you can have an interim who isn't properly qualified in for. So we should ride the hot hand of Gavin Gunning for as for as long as we can without actually naming a manager because I mean so far it's worked. God, they can do that as long as they just say it. I couldn't cope. I couldn't cope with like well actually after a month or two you just you just stop expecting it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Definitely some Swindon fans that wouldn't. Every day they'll be there on social media going, what's going on? Um, And I look forward to reading those. Let's move away from all that and focus on the weekend. Let's go straight to team availability. Who's injured? Who isn't? What's the vibe? It was was Tom Clayton is is the one he he said. Tom Clayton is the only one out. And then after a few seconds, I'm actually glad we might be as well, but... We did see Gladwin kicking a ball on our walk through the facility, so you know there's there's certainly a possibility, and maybe it, maybe it was just an injury last week because he's not left yet. But you know, I think sense tells us that, that there is possibly more there. And then um, for the first time in a while, we got a, a reemergence of a reference to Reese Devine, which is nice. Wow, uh, you know, he's been a bit of a, a Milan Miss and Harry Agombar figure for various stretches of this season, so. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, yeah, apparently, he's been back out on the. Uh, he initially said training pitch, but AstroTurf. They've had to be on with all the cold, and um, he's. You know, he's. He's been back out there. I don't think he's ready to go quite yet, but he's. He's getting back towards fitness, and um, then he had a very glowing report on on Divine. He had 
uh, all the attributes to be a top player uh, for Swindon. So, you know, given that none of us have really seen very much of him, I think I've seen him for about 20 minutes total across two games. Um, so, you know, we've not seen him, but Gunning clearly very taken by him. And then he said that Iandolo will definitely be in the squad. So he's not got any ill effects from having to come off last week, which is good news. Splendid news on Gladwin, Iandolo and like Crawley rumours. Well, by the sounds of it, unless Swindon want like two IOUs written on the back of a cigarette packet, I, I, I don't see Crawley doing much business in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think that coin's going to turn back around in terms of value if there's Anything to go on down there? Yes, indeed. Okay, Walsall then, back again. Seems like we're always playing them currently. Uh, Their form is pretty decent. Only one loss in 10 League Two games. Um, And if we include their FA Cup exploits, then it's only one defeat in 13. So fair play to them. Last week they drew at Tramier, thanks to a goal from Danny Johnson. But Manny Month, uh, the man who down Swindon at Christmas, was sent off for a second bookable offence and Tramier equalised shortly afterwards. This is our sixth meeting in 13 months with the Saddlers. Swindon won the first three, but Walsall have beaten Swindon twice this season. You will remember Dan Hunt's fury at the start of the season with that League Cup squad. Since Swindon lost to Michael Flynn's Walsall on Boxing Day, there's been a little bit of transfer activity Joe Lowe has arrived from Bristol City on loan and the they've also signed the experienced Robbie Wilmot from Newport County. A bit of a Owen Doyle-Bradford situation between Mansfield and Walsall at the moment, isn't there? I, I think that might be dead now. Uh, Danny Johnson, the scorer, 40% of Walsall's league goals this season, was recalled. And since then, Walsall have signed Jamil Matt, haven't they? So... Well, first off, what did Gavin Gunning say on Walsall? Yeah, he said, well, he was asked specifically about if if they took anything from the last game. And what we're learning quite quickly is that Gavin Gunning does not care about history because uh, he said there was nothing to be taken from Grimsby and there is also nothing to be taken from Walsall. He said that Swindon were just rubbish in that game. They didn't move the ball at all quick enough. Um, he's watched it back, but he's, he's very much said that that not any sort of template for what they're going to do. Um, so he was talking about getting the fans off off their seats and playing a lot quicker, getting those overloads and just being generally more like last week than they they have been. So he's he was very quick to say that you know this is we we we've watched it, but we don't care. It this is it's not going to be a repeat. Gunny was also asked about the fixture last May, and he wasn't even there for it. It was a it was a wonderful moment for Swin fans. Swindon fans in that isolated one-off moment because obviously it didn't go our way afterwards. But still a great showing expected this weekend. Uh, over a 1,000 Swindon fans will be there, which is brilliant. Um, but he wasn't really entertaining that that magical May game. Yeah, there were quite chilling words, I thought, that he actually said that in terms of I wasn't there, so I don't know. But we have some of the players who might enjoy it, but verbatim, that team is gone. And I just, I, I just like, oh, it's the first time it really sunk in that that, that last season's over. It's, no, it's it's not the same. It's gone. We, we play differently. Um, so hopefully the result will be the same, obviously, because it was just a great day all round. But yeah, it was it was quite quite a, a solemn moment in in my head, certainly when he said that team is no more. 
Move on. Mm. May 7th, 2022. In goal, Lewis Ward. Then Ellis Iandolo, hooray! Dion Conroy. Uh, Matthew Baudry, uh, he might as well be gone. 50-50. Exactly. Mandela Egbo. Louis Reed. Johnny Williams, hooray! Jack Payne. Louis Barry. (sighs) Harry McCurdy. Nope. Josh Davison. Nope. Times have changed. Yeah, he he was right. I just didn't like it. Yeah. Yes, 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 indeed. So how's it how's he feeling going into the second game of this co interim head coach tenure? Yeah, I think it was sort of that that suggestion that the first game is is a bit of a, a strange one for both sides because there's not loads that they can know about the new guy coming in. So the second one is maybe more of a tester, but he said, you know, he felt like Swindon put a real structure in place. They used against Grimsby to to build off of. So they've, you know, they. Sh- it wasn't kind of a. I think he's exactly said that. You know, it was. It wasn't a one off. We didn't just sort of go four four two and play on the percentages kind of thing and back back off the atmosphere. It was very much they they built something with sturdy um, sturdy roots that they could they could have stuff on top of and they could use into this week and um, obviously. Warsaw are a different side to Grimsby and highlighted their physicality and their set pieces as being a big part, which I think any given that it's a Mike Flynn team, we, we all kind of know already. But um, he, he feels like the, the, it wasn't a fluke first time around and hopefully he's right. Yes, indeed. Here's hoping. Let's move away from the Warsaw game and move towards transfers. I think... The one that we're, we're looking at at the moment is Fraser Blake Tracy within this question, but <laughs> nobody tells him anything. Nobody tells me nothing. Um, yeah, he didn't really know. It was He went into Fraser Blake Tracy because that was what Andrew asked to expand on, but he didn't, for obvious reasons, there wasn't really anyone telling him much about uh, transfers. They Much like with a new manager, the guy will pretty much just show up and it will be like, this guy's playing for you now. They're like, all right then, as I assume happened with Jake Kane earlier this week. He says uh, he'd spoken to Fraser Break Tracy and he said, you know, he very much wanted to stay with Swindon until the end of the season. That seems like the way that it's going at the moment. It doesn't look, given that Burton signed a left back, that they would have any use for him now if they didn't before. And maybe that maybe a permanent solution elsewhere. But at the moment, it feels like Fraser Ray Tracy will stick around, but Gavin Gunning isn't really the guy to ask. No, no, okay. And as you mentioned there, Jake Kane has signed from Liverpool for an undisclosed fee. The 21-year-old spent over 12 years climbing those youth ranks and was a part of that youngest competitive side the Liverpool senior team had ever fielded. If you remember that FA Cup game against Shrewsbury a few years back, he played in that he spent last season at Ben Wills's Newport County and was a second half sub against Swindon in both of those games. The win at Rodney Parade and the loss at the county ground for Swindon, that is. Uh, what did Gunning say about Kane? So he was very impressed with his technical ability, which, you know, if I imagine people by now have seen that free kick he scored in the in the paint pot. So, you know, we, we can see a bit of that. He said he would massively improve the group, which is I mean, Swindon are pretty decent in midfield, so I'd say it's high praise. Um, he says that obviously he needs game time a bit like Clayton did. Um, it was it was morphed into like the sort of 
plate and angle because obviously he came from the exact same place and in fact was in the background of one of Jake Kane's leaving photos on Instagram. So, you know, there was there was the obvious parallels to be drawn. Um, you, see, you know, he said, praise Sandro Di Michele recruitment-wise in terms of being able to get a player as good as Jake Kane. So it sounds like he's impressed a lot on the training ground this week. So, yeah, it's, it, he had a, a much like Divine, a very positive report of the new recruit. I should bloody hope so. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> a bit weird if he came out and slated him, but... Yeah, he, he was he was very high on on his on his qualities, and hopefully we'll get to see some of them at the weekend. Yeah, something that I've been a big advocate of, I suppose, in the last few years is getting more development games in for Swindon because I mean, they, for all we know, they might play loads of behind closed doors games, but we usually find out like we had one against Newport recently. And reserve leagues was discussed during this presser. What, what was said here? Yeah, it was because he'd said that twenty under twenty threes is a false league, and it's not anything like the same when you're playing against the kind of people who who need need the win, need the point, a lot more physical like league football is. So it, it kind of came from that, and he, he suggested that obviously under twenty three teams are quite difficult to run as well for lower league sides. So he was he was definitely in favour of a kind of reserve league type situation as used to be the case but you know, it definitely doesn't feel like that's something that's in the offing despite I feel like basically everyone in football for a while has said that would be really good. <laughs> I think the Brentford B way of doing it is quite interesting where they've got it all set up but they're not in a dedicated division they just arrange games of course they have the money to be able to play teams all over Europe and beyond but I think that's an interesting approach. Yeah, definitely. I, I kind of semi-cover Brentford B in my other work. They were playing in Monaco on Wednesday, so obviously they get to do some quite cool stuff there. But they, they, you know, produce a lot of good players out of that team, um, and it is it just allows them to be more flexible with what they do. They can play a first team in a development game one week, and then go and play, you know, the top youth sides around the world as well. You know, I think they've recently played, um, I believe it was Como B. They played it, who were a first team side, and then you know would go out and play, say Aston Villa's youth team. So it just allows for you to do more things. If again, if you can afford to run a team like Brentford B, because they are probably like have a fair few League Two, National League standard players in that side, where they would have to pay like it. I, I feel like even that is a bit pricey. But if there is that sort of regular setup where you know you can drop like a fifty percent under eighteen side and a couple of fringe first-team players into it on a regular basis. That just would be really useful for everyone. What a thrilling thought, Alex Gilbert captaining Romeo Beckham. <laughs> He's having a really good season, Alex Gilbert. Yeah, I think he is their captain. He sure is, he is definitely the captain. Yeah, fair play to him. Anyway, we'll move on to the Joe Zone. It's about time. Shall we go? Let's do it. Yeah, you mentioned Danny Johnson obviously going back to Swindon's new best mate, Mansfield. Um, how big of an impact do you think that will have on Warsaw? Um, listen, it'll have an impact but we've scored 15 goals, I think, but that's not right. Um, that's going to affect any team, but it helps that they've obviously spent a few quid on bringing Jamil Matt in, so that's 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 a, a top-caliber striker at this level. So, listen, it'll affect them definitely, but I think they're quite fortunate that they've been backed, Flinney's been backed to bring another striker in, so it's worked out well for them. And you mentioned their physicality, and obviously Flynn knows Matt from Newport. Do you feel like maybe he might even suit them better than Johnson did? 
listen, it's a tough one to suit him better than Johnson did because he scored 15 goals. So you're, you're going to do well to get someone to do better than that. Hopefully Charlie does better than that for us, but we'll see. So it's going to be physical. Um, hopefully we can maximise our possession with the ball and be quick in transitions and just just occupy, occupy spaces, don't get sucked into a battle, and I think we'll do well. And with the managerial search dragging on a little bit, is there any sort of sense of uncertainty amongst the players and you guys as the staff with where you just don't know what's happening? No, the players are great, everyone's been fine, you get paid to be here, this is your job. It's like someone going into McDonald's and saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving the burgers out because there's a new manager coming in. Simple. You're paid to be here, do your job well. So usually the Johnson thing is music to our ears, isn't it? Because he, like I said, he scored 40% of Walsall's goals this season and now he's gone. Um, The Jamil Matt thing, though, makes me feel a bit nervous. I I don't know what his his ratio of scoring against Swindon is, but he's been a nuisance over the years. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, it was. It's kind of disappointing to hear that they sort of they lost a guy who scored that many goals, but then also, in many ways, got the band back together with Jamil Mack coming in, as you mentioned, um, Robbie Wilmot as well. So they they in many ways they kind of aren't worse off, even if they have lost a guy who scored a fairly ridiculous amount of goals. Though I think he he had a hot start and it's maybe tailed off a little bit, but um, yeah, it's. It is de- I, I don't really ever want to see Jamil Matt on the opposition team sheet because he's just so tall. He scored against us in both of the games the year we won the points per game average title. So that's where my sort of lingering annoyance of him is. He also scored a brace against us like six years ago almost. So, so um, but that, that that's it. But yeah, that's enough for me to uh, keep an eye on him. But yeah, good question. And always good to see. Um, in your notes, Roy Keane mentioned. Yeah, it was, I, um, this was, I kind of put this in specifically because beforehand, Andrew had asked, do you think there's any chance Gun- Gunning would sort of give a, a Keane-type answer? I was like, I don't know that he would yell at us, kind of. But he did sort of, when asked, you know, is there any sort of lingering uncertainty or does that Im- impact things for the squad um, when, obviously, the manager situation is up in the air? And he just sort of said, you got to do your job, kind of, which is very Roy Keane, and I was very excited to be, to be able to hear it. Well, that was very brave, Joe. Uh, I mean, you've got to go all, all, all the way in when that kind of thing ha- happens, I think. If anyone took offence to that, Joe's Twitter handle <laughs> is... <laughs> OK, we'll move on to the player who joined us for the press conference, which was Jake Wakeling, who sounds like a terribly nice chap. Yeah, it's always nice to see old Jake Kling walk through that door. He's he's always pretty great. One, I'd say, sort of in the top couple Swindon players to speak to, especially for pre-match ones. Cool. Well, what did he have to say about Grimsby? Um, he was, you know, obviously he said that we gave some good credit to the coaching staff for coming in, stepping up. Um, there was always that suggestion that kind of did they just let them express themselves for that game, and he very much confirmed they would like go out there and do your stuff, guys. And he was. He said, you know, even with that sending off that Grimsby had, that he thought Swindon were were excellent, really, for obvious reasons, and was was really pleased how that with how that game went. Yeah, I'm banging on about this too much, but a, the guy acknowledges Mildenhall at least twice, which which is nice, which is nice. But he was asked about new managers and his experience on there, but it was minimal, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he said that sort of no one else 
He's never heard a player talk about whoever the latest favourite is. It's not really something that comes into things. I think he said it's just this is the second time. I imagine when he was at Barrow last season, they would have had the switch into into Phil Brown. So he's he's experienced it before, and it's I think very similar to what Luke Jeffcott said last week. It was it's very it's I, in fact I think it was the same words he said part and parcel with playing football. These these kind of things just happen. So he's a Walsall. Is he is he a lo- is he a native of the of that part of of Birmingham? Is he a native of Walsall? No, I think he's he's from Alverchurch, isn't he? But it's I mean near enough that he's he said he's very much been off the hook um, with being asked asked from people if he can get them tickets. So if anyone is there, it sounds like there'll be a very strong Wakeling clan in attendance at the best at the best got. And they will be welcome. How's he feeling ahead of the Walsall game then? Yeah, he's he's feels like he's in in a good position. He said that he he really in, he enjoyed the way he was sort of allowed to play in that game. Um, he's he said. The, obviously, looking to the the previous Walsall game, they aren't a completely different team, but maybe they've got a, com- a completely different mentality heading into it this time because they've got that level of confidence and winning in so handsomely last time out. So it was he very much pointed out that Walsall will be viewing them as the threat in this game on the after that kind of performance. Yeah. There was a good conversation here about style and, and, and positional play, and we'll, we'll get to that when we enter the Joe zone again a bit later. But what do you say about style? It was it was being you know his his role being normally out wide, but he's allowed to not sort of be a trekatista, but come inside and be play off of Austin, get get close for the knockdowns and offer stuff in behind, and maybe play more closely to what is natural game would be rather than having to do things that you know are are required of a specific role so he feels like it's sort of more utilizing his skill set he's very much keen to point out that he's still very he's still very intent on defending and helping the team without the ball but he gets to he gets to play more like himself um with the way Gavin Cunning had asked him to play he's done so well this season hasn't he i mean incredible as i think we've said basically every time yeah. that uh, I remember when we signed Jacob Wakeling, there was um, well, the Swindon fans I know were like, why have we signed this guy? He's not he's not done this. He barely played at Barrow. So I don't think anyone probably even thought he would play. He was probably more viewed closer to Oscar Massey as a signing than an actual first-teamer. But he's hit the ground running so well. He is on a bit of a goal drought, even with it. He's so far up in the statistics for a player of his age is he's just been incredible yeah and I think that an element of the season has seen him burn out out of necessity because of how we've set up but he's he's embraced he's embraced it fully and it's great to see yeah well that's it's kind of just the player he is isn't he? he's so willing to please and run around and do what people want him to do and get stuck in and it's such a great that's why Scott Lindsay liked him so much and even when he maybe wasn't playing a position that he could, or playing a system where he could fit Wakeling in so well, he always wants to put him in the team anyway because of what he offers. Even if he isn't maybe being as much of a threat, but he's he's shown when he does get the opportunity, he's talked about wanting to impact the game whenever it gets on on the pitch. And he he didn't score or assist, but he got that player sent off with the run that he made, which was very clever, and he was really good even without that against Grimsby. How many uh, how many Pokemon cards are Crawley gonna? 
bid for Jake Wakeling. <laughs> they're going to give us one and a half, um, whatever coin they're trading in now. Oh, it's Pokemon cards now. They're Is done. That what they're doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they, my if head they give us a sh- shiny original Charizard or two, I'll, I'll take it. Exactly. That's that's the big one. You're showing your knowledge there, aren't you? That's that's 105k, I think. I'm not willing to be out Fox on this one. Okay, well, I'm not going to try. <laughs> I'm not going to try. Uh, <laughs> Wakelin was asked about some of his teammates. Um, of course, Charlie Austin is mentioned. Tis the season. Uh, and, and I'm sure very nice things were said. Yeah, we got through one and a half interviews without asking a specific Austin question, although I believe he did come up uh, with Gavin Gunning. He's, but, you know, I mean, Wakeling said it himself, it's not every day a player like that comes to League Two. And he's, of course, he, he feels like he's, we, we speak about it, or we're going to speak about it basically every forward now that they and they're very happy to talk about how much they just want to learn from the person who's had the career he's had and you know he, he specifically points out which which is an interesting part that maybe you don't think about so much when you think of Charlie Austin certainly given how young he was when he played for us before but he talked about his his communication being so vital on the pitch and off the pitch as well where he was he's, he was sort of telling Wakeling where he needed him to be uh throughout the Grimsby game and then he was um you know, off the pitch, he's he's always giving advice to the players to to help them um, help them improve. So it, it sounds like he's making a really positive impact for players like Wakeling, as we hoped he would do. Absolutely, and Rashan Hepburn Murphy was discussed too, but this was more leaning towards the the terrible time he's had, and it's good that he's he's, he's coming out of the tunnel. Lights is there for him. Hopefully, he continues to remain fit. Yeah, those those two years where he sort of announced his own um, starting berth on Saturday where he, he came back into the starting lineup and obviously played incredibly well at RH chairman said that obviously he didn't get he didn't get that goal despite a, a fair amount of trying um, he, he was very confident that that wouldn't be too far off and but personally I was I was pretty confident of the same thing when I was doing the player ratings on Sunday Jake Kane was discussed what's what stood out? For for Wakeling on on the new signing, it's got a wonderful effort. Yes, we're all excited for that. I think. Ooh, I know I am. I know I am. Before we go back to the Joe Zone, Jacob Wakeling was asked about patience. It was patience, I guess, to do with his own form and sort of you know waiting for things to come because he had that red hot start, and he's he was talking about just being so eager to improve, which is another one of those aspects. It's been really impressive about him this season the the way he wants to develop and they see you know he wants to get promotion but he came to Swindon so he could become a better player and he's very aware that that's not going to come immediately but again bring up Austin and Ben Gladwin as well is enough one of the senior figures that he's really happy to be learning off of and he feels that that can that can make him so much better he brought up sort of his his game numbers as well and looking at that and being Pretty proud of them where he played four games for Barrow in half a season. He was coming and played 27 at Swindon. And given the end of the table that those two teams are fighting at during that, I think he's taking a lot of heart heart from being able to make that step up and you know make the development that he, he came to Swindon to get. Mm, OK, well, let's go to the Joe Zone for one final time this week. Does it help that I saw a list there? You were still in the top two for goal scoring and assists, but under 21 players in League Two. Does that help you 
in any way when you are on a bit of a goal drought? Uh, yeah, you know, I like to always watch my clips back, you know, to give me confidence, especially, I think, to past 10 games, I don't think I've really shown what I could have shown. And, you know, I try and, you know, look back at myself and just see what I can improve on. But like you said, uh, obviously that's a big confidence boost, you knowing I'm doing something right on the pitch, but I just want to keep on improving. And if I score, it's a bonus for myself. And you're playing a little bit more as a winger as the season's gone on. Are you feeling more comfortable with that, or is it, as you said, you're, you're playing normally as a winger, but you are allowed to do what you would normally want to? Yeah, I think I showed on Saturday uh, little glimpses that, you know, how, how good I can be in that position. And like you said, it's not just I'm a winger, stay out wide. You know, you've got to come inside, link the play. And, you know, I've been told to do that. And I think I really enjoyed on Saturday and I'm looking forward to Warsaw on Saturday. Thank you. Players who analyse themselves are quite interesting, isn't it? Because I couldn't think of anything worse than than going back and analysing myself. But I guess if you want to be as good as you can be, it's it's the only way. Yeah, generally speaking, fortunately for us, there's not top-down video of me sat in the press box doing writing and there's not top-down video of you podcasting. So, you know, we don't have to do it as much, but I think in football it is probably quite important. And he was, you know, I, I obviously asked him about if, if he can how confident you can really be on a run like that, even when you have the kind of um, overall statistics that he's got from this season. And he was saying that he, he very much concentrates on, you know, on, again, just wanting to improve. And he goes back and watches himself and sees what he can do better and then tries to learn off of the other guys as well. And he, he's, you know, when he does hear the, the kind of stuff about him being up there in his age group, that it, it makes it fairly easy to stay confident, even if he isn't, banging them in right now right then so we now must go to predictions now i i knew we would win comfortably last week i i I really had a great feeling i didn't envisage the sending off so it wasn't it, it was far better than i expected but still i knew that was going to go our way i'm not so sure about walsall but i'll let you predict first joe what are you going for i'm gonna say two all Son of a gun! I've already <laughs> typed 2-2. Two, two. That's very funny. So I'm going to go 1-0. Um, am I going to go 1-1? One, one? I think it's. I do feel like there's going to be one of these frustrating, like we're going to take the lead early on and sort of sit back a little bit. They'll equalise. Maybe we'll score again and then they'll, they'll equalise again. I, I do feel like it could be one of those. I'm going uh, to go 2-1 win, the boring one. Just to, you know, 1-1 one, one draw is, is, is a cop-out if you're going to... Uh, two, so well, let's hope I'm right. and go for even more excitement. Um, yeah, okay. Well, positive. It's not. It's not losses. It's, it's good vibes at the moment. Such a weird feeling at the moment around Swindon Town because we've had this euphoric five nil win. We've lost a, a very popular player. There's this uncertainty over who's going to be leading us to League One <laughs> next season such a weird feeling yeah it doesn't feel like that I mean five nil is the reason I suppose but there's a lot of things that make it feel like we shouldn't be as confident as we are losing Reed and the manager and potentially other people but I, I feel I feel like that, that performance was so good that all of a sudden the, the whole perception around Swindon changes it hasn't for me I've still said draw but um you know it, it does does very much feel like thing, things are different all of a sudden and that's why they won't be for very much longer. 
Well, we'll see. It's a busy week next week, isn't it? Because we've got a midweeker. So uh, I'll see you Monday. See you Monday. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble? Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.